watching my fellow Americans. Yes. Yes. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much. Keep clapping. Thank you so much. It's me. It's me. Keep clapping. Clap for the cheesy bread and the badgers. How would we know you wanted the cheesy bread and the badgers if you didn't keep clapping? Welcome to my fellow Americans. I am Literally, Spike Cohen. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight to watch this very special Vermin Spike 2020 edition of the show with me, Spike Cohen. This is, of course, a Muddied Waters Media production. Check us out on Facebook, on YouTube, on Instagram. Check us out on Anchor, Twitter, Periscope, iTunes, Google Play, Float. Check us out everywhere. My fellow Americans, Muddy Waters Media taking over. Be sure to like us, follow us, five star us, hit the bell. If applicable, if the thing that you're following us on has a bell, hit the bell. And be sure to share this video, this very second, this video or podcast, this very second. The last thing I want is for you and your closest loved ones and neighbors to miss out on a roughly hour-long libertarian podcast on a Wednesday evening. Be sure to give the gift of Spike Cohen today. Kids love it. This episode, of course, is brought to you by the Libertarian Dad Bod Calendar. Be sure to check out all these sexy libertarian men on the Libertarian Dad Bod Calendar, including this sexy libertarian man you're looking at right now, Mr. April Spike Cohen. You can get that for only $12, including shipping, and you too can have a calendar where you can hang these sexy libertarian men from your fridge or wherever you hang sexy libertarian men from in your home. LibertarianDadBod.com. This episode is also brought to you by the Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus, the fastest growing food service industry related caucus in the Libertarian Party. And of course, this episode is brought to you by the Vermin Spike 2020 campaign. Vermin Supreme Spike Cohen, President, Vice President, Ponies, Cheesy Bread, Badgers, Hitler, Dead. Dead Hitler. 2020. Thank you so much for that. The intro and outro music to this and every episode of My Fellow Americans comes from the amazing and talented Mr. Joe Davi. That's J-O-D-A-V-I. Check him out on Facebook, SoundCloud. Go to joedavimusic.bandcamp.com. Be sure to buy his entire discography. It's like 20 bucks. You're going to absolutely love it. Be sure to check that out. Thank you, Mr. Joe Davi. I'd like to thank Kroger for this delicious purified drinking water that I drink on this and every episode of my fellow Americans, Bulavanaka. Oh, that's delicious. That's delicious water. Shout out to Taylor and Turks' mom and him as always. Guys, tonight's guest is quite the underachiever. He doesn't do much at all. He's only the vice chair of the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire. 
newly reelected, might I add, uh, vice chair of the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire, uh, as well as the he's an elected budget committee member of Goffstown, New Hampshire. I think that's how I'm saying it right. Uh, and when he's not doing all of that, he's the, of course, the chief strategist of the Vermin Spike 2020 campaign, VerminSupreme2020.com. So whatever, he doesn't do a lot. But my fellow Americans, welcome to the show tonight, the marvelous Mr. Richard Manzo. Richard, thank you so much for tuning in tonight and joining us. Thank you for having me, Spike. I really couldn't thank you more for having me on tonight. This is a great opportunity to sit here with my vice presidential candidate. Thank you. Well, thank you for coming on. Uh, I'm really I'm really overwhelmed right now. I'm sure you are as well. So this is a moment we can be a little verklempt. Uh, but guys, be sure to comment with your questions and thoughts. And Richard and I will tell you if you are right or wrong. Now, Richard, this is your first time on the show. And the first thing that I ever ask new guests on the show is to tell us a story, a ditty, if you will, uh, about how you became a libertarian. Uh, was it like an aha moment or more of a gradual evolution over time? Tell us about that. Tell us your, your Manzo ditty. Well, for me, becoming a libertarian actually progressed kind of slowly. Um, okay. When I was in high school, I kind of did a little bit of a light volunteering, if you will, for Rand Paul in the Republican GOP primary in 2016. Okay. Um, not my proudest moment. Of course, but I uh, continued my gradual decline into libertarian madness from there. Okay. Uh, it started with um, joining the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire, of course. Um, thinking was thinking about running for office, wasn't sure what I could do. Right. Um, but then I realized you only needed to be 18 to run for state rep. I reached out to the party, and they, you know, they've welcomed me with uh, open arms since then. So it's been a very uh, nice transition for me. Now, you are, again, the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire's vice chair. How long have you been doing that? I have been the vice chair since last year. It's actually been about, call it eight months. Um, my first term was not a full year because our okay. convention has moved up considerably. Um, but as you said, I was newly reelected. Mm -hmm. So they liked what you were doing, clearly. I would say so. Um, I was actually uh, not reelected without uh, without a challenge this year. I did have an opponent uh, in the election, my good friend uh, Jarek Rondo. Um, I'm glad that he was willing to step up and serve the party and now elected to the at-large position uh, on the executive committee, of course. And uh, I'm glad that he was uh, willing to do that. Um, but of course, my uh, fellow party members did select me, and I'm very grateful. That's very cool. So tell... The vice chair. So last week I had Brent DeRitter, who is the vice chair of the North Carolina Libertarian Party. And now you're with New Hampshire. What are the kind of things that you do as the vice chair of the of the party? Well, I do a lot of the background work for the, our chair, Brian Shields. Um, I assist him in preparing um, agendas for meetings. Um, you know, I felt I fill in um, whether it's a prescribed duty, for example, like overseeing the election of the new chair. Um, I present sometimes the awards at the um, LPNH conventions that go to our um, best and brightest members, of course. And um, other than that, it's just a whole lot of activism and spokesmanship for the party. So you're looking, you look, you're basically looking pretty a lot. You got to look pretty. Of course. Well, you're 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 killing it. What? Who are you wearing, by the way? This is amazing. What are you? Who are you? What? what, what who are you wearing right now? 
Uh, this is uh, JC Penny clearance rack. Um, I don't know any more than that. Well, it hangs on you beautifully, my friend. Let me tell you that. Um, Richard, uh, as we noted before, you are the vice chair of the party of the Libertarian Party in New Hampshire. Uh, I ask this usually of any uh, people that come on that are officials with the state party or running for office. Um, of course, there are a lot of people who are libertarian uh, who also believe that the electoral process is completely irrelevant, that engaging in it is a total waste of time. They uh, believe, uh, to quote George Carlin, if voting mattered, they wouldn't let you do it. Um, and I can kind of empathize with that. But then at the same time, I argue that voting to reduce the state is similar to defending yourself in court. You are using the state's apparatus, but it's to try to protect yourself from further harm with the understanding that you're kind of on the hook for whatever the decision is by the state anyway. So it makes sense to try to fight back against that. What, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I actually believe in uh, what the more left-leaning libertarians might call a diversity of tactics. And what that means to me is that of course, if we're looking to dismantle the state or reduce our uh, reliance on the state as a society, then of course we're going to need to create these mutual aid networks, these voluntary uh, associations, if you will, to take mm -hmm. up the slack. Um, but beyond that, I do believe in participating in the electoral system because I believe you can turn yourself into a stumbling block, if you will, uh, for, uh, in the government's race to uh, authoritarianism. Um, we're getting closer every day, but the more libertarians we add to office, eventually we will be able to slow that roll down and uh, eventually uh, reverse the direction. And so do, you mentioned dismantling the state. Do you consider yourself an anarchist or a minarchist? Or... I, I, do, I do consider myself an anarchist, yes. Very good. Team anarchist. Um, so, right. So, and, and that's sort of my thought is that if nothing else, it blunts things. But then there's also the fact that because so many people see legitimacy in the electoral process, you're able to kind of leverage that to push for, you know, a, a post-state or at least a smaller state system as opposed to ceding that whole territory to people arguing over how much more we should grow the government, right? I agree. Um, and beyond that, you know, if you're in a legislature, for example, a town council, city council, um, county supervisor, county commission, um, budget committee even um, right. you have power over the spending of the government which uh, and spending is not the end all be all of freedom um, but it is a good metric um, to see what your government is doing um, what your government uh, spends the money that it steals from you on a weekly monthly quarterly basis right. a yearly basis and um, if you can reduce the amount of money that they take from the people uh, you can reduce the amount uh, that they're able to do um, so I do believe in um, running for those types of offices. Right, absolutely. And I mean, you again, the the you're able to leverage media, earned media that you can get from a political campaign to actually try to affect change from the messaging standpoint. Which we'll talk more about that in the in a bit. Now, uh, uh, to that end, uh, as I mentioned before, you are an extremely rare breed in the Libertarian Party. You're an elected official. Um, Tell us about your position and, and what you do. So the budget committee in Goffstown, um, there, there's two types of budget committees in New Hampshire. There are statutory budget committees and there are advisory budget, uh, budget committees. An advisory budget committee has almost no power. Um, they tell the town council, the city council, the select board, whatever it may be, what they would like as a budget, but it 
is almost rests entirely on the uh, select board. Um, but I am on a statutory budget committee. We do prepare the budget. We do present it to the town voters. Um, and it goes eventually onto the ballot to, for final approval by the uh, voters. Um, so it's a 12 person committee. Uh, I'm happy to say that three of the members on that committee are LPNH members, myself, Spencer Dias, Dennis Lynch, all members of the party. Um, wow. So it's actually it's actually uh, quite above the national average for libertarians in government. Yeah, that's that's what so that's 20 uh, something percent of the of the 25 percent. 25 percent. Right. Yeah. Which is much higher than the average of zero percent. Right. Or zero point yes. four, whatever percent it would be, you know, if you average it out. So you're you're batting well above your right. your pay grade there. So uh, how have you? So perfect example. People will say to me, "Okay, great, we get libertarians elected to various positions, president, down to the dog catcher, and everything in between." Now what? You know, now that you're in there. So tell us about that. You're a libertarian. You ran on, I would assume, a, a libertarian, you know, platform. Uh, and now you're in there. What are you doing as a libertarian that helps to, to you know, blunt the, the power of the state or the growth progression well, of the state? There, there's two sides to, the, to, to what I do as a budget committee member. First of all, of course, I propose, I support, um, and I... Uh, back the cuts to the budget that myself would present or mm -hmm. or any of the other uh, members would present right. and the other side to that is eliminating wasteful spending um for example we've had uh you know ada compliance issues that we've need to address as a town and yes it might be ten thousand dollars a hundred thousand dollars here or there but it hopes it helps us avoid uh, opening the whole you know, legal system can of worms. We right. don't want to get sued. Um, so if it if it saves us money to spend a little bit of money, I will support that. Um, just because I want to, of course, protect the town uh, from uh, having to spend extraneous money. Oh, of course, something like an ADA, you know, federal ADA lawsuit could cost you millions as opposed to right. putting a ramp somewhere. So I I, I get that. Um, have you found that you're in your advocacy of you know, pushing for less spending or, or, or at least less wasteful spending. Has that been, has, because the other, what, nine members are not libertarian. I assume they're Republicans, right. Democrats, independents. Right. Uh, correct. And I would, I would argue that it is somewhat effective. It's not as effective as it probably should be. Mm -hmm. um, the budget committee for quite a long time uh, has never had um, a, a, a contested election. It's um, been, I would say largely a rubber stamp on the budget that's presented to us by the department heads um, and by the select board. But that being said, um, this year we did remove about six hundred thousand dollars in spending from the budget, um, and in a in a town with a budget of uh, twenty million dollars, um, that's a good first step in my view. Yeah, that's well, especially when you make up a quarter of the legislature. The fact that you're able to blunt it at all is is a good thing. So. Um, and now we have now you're running for re-election this year or no I'm not running for, uh, for re-election for another two years I'm one year into my uh, term I am running for county treasurer in oh I'm sorry county. okay okay so you're running for county treasurer uh, for your yes. county and we have a link to donate to your election campaign uh, in the uh, in the show notes it is let's see uh, um, 
So I have donate to me. Well, I'll change that. But it's uh, politics.raisethemoney.com slash rmanzo. But it's in, the, it's in the show notes. So if you're interested in helping uh, Richard get elected to uh, to the, uh, what was it again? The, the treasurer? The, it, it's, yes, county treasurer. County yep. treasurer department. Uh, then be sure to, to go to that and, and give whatever you can. So uh, before we get started talking about the main thing that we're here to talk about, I just want to talk about a, an initiative it's called Mary Toothbrush, um, and this is an initiative from the uh, Vermin Spike 2020 campaign, campaign and the Dignity Ministry, uh, which is based in the Myrtle Beach, South Carolina area, and they help uh, with the homeless. We're doing something called the Mary Toothbrush Campaign. If you press the donate button and then uh, and, and make a donation of $10, uh, then you will get a... We have these toothbrushes that are... Uh, the packaging that it's in is signed by Vermin Supreme. Uh, we will sign your name next to Vermin and uh, and hand it out or basically write whatever you want there and hand it out to the homeless as part of a care package that they're receiving. And then if you give $25 or more, um, I will sign next to Vermin's name and actually mail it to you so you have a memento of helping uh, our campaign and Dignity Ministry. Uh, half of all of the proceeds uh, are going to go to the uh, Vermin Spike 2020 campaign. The other half are going to go to the Dignity Ministry um, to help uh, homeless people in the Myrtle Beach, South Carolina area. Uh, be sure to go to vermintsupreme2020.com, uh, press the donate button, and, um, and let them know that it's for uh, Dignity, Dignity Ministry. And, uh, and either they will get the toothbrush or you will get the toothbrush, depending on, on how much you gave. That's our Mary Toothbrush campaign. Now, speaking of which, Richard, let's talk about Vermin Supreme. How did, how did you meet Vermin? I don't actually know this. How did you meet him? The first time I met Vermin Supreme was at Liberty Forum, uh, I believe in 2018. Uh, we met at the uh, con uh, the convention's um, vendor hall. Uh, Vermin came in. Um, this is a funny little story. He, he walks in, he puts his stuff down on a table in the middle of the room. I walk up to him and he says uh, that he doesn't have his breath mints with him. Uh, so I walk over to my coat, I grab out a package of Valkoids and I open up to him and I say, well, I actually have some with me if, you, if you'd like some. And he says, yes, thank you. And uh, he took about, uh, you know, a small handful of them when I expected him to take one or two. Um, and, you know, we, we uh, kind of hit it off since then. We then met again at the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire Convention. Uh, we talked um, quite extensively and I hear that he was very pleased with what he heard from me and, you know, things went from there. And now, were you part of the, because I know Desiree Lindsay, the campaign manager, was one of the people that was pushing for him to, to actually do a, uh, and for those who don't know, Vermin Supreme has been running for president for 30 years, but this is his first time of an actual serious campaign. Before, it was just sort of a, a performance art satire thing that he was doing, and he's now taking that satirical approach and applying it to a serious campaign with the campaign staff and we are by many accounts the front runners right now which is very interesting um but uh and we can thank people like richard for that um but were you part of the original you know group that was trying to get him to run back in i guess 2018 to actually do a serious run for the for the nomination no i wasn't i feel like if i was able to think of things like that ahead of time i'd be you know, a very rich man uh, inventing many great apps, uh, many great websites, many great, you know, social medias. But right. of course, uh, no, I'm not, I'm not that I'm not quite that smart. I am good. I do have a little bit of a strategic um, mindset, but no, I wasn't. Uh, I did not have that level of foresight. So you were brought in after the fact and are now there 
their uh, their chief strategist. Do you know um, what was the precedent for the, the, the or what preceded the idea of even having him run? Do Do you know the story behind that? No, I don't actually, but I I do know that um, Desiree had helped him with his right. uh, run for Kansas um, Kansas, I believe, uh, Attorney General, um, where they you know essentially exploited a loophole that allowed out of state people to run for a um, an executive level office in oh, wow. uh, the state of Kansas. Yes, that's hilarious. I wonder if they closed that loophole after that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, now, you have done a tremendous number of hijinks. I'm actually, I'm like, it's, it's hilarious. Some of the funniest things Berman has done uh, has been with you. What, tell us about, what was the first thing that you remember that was like a, like a shenanigan type thing that you, that you got involved with, with Berman? Oh, the first thing? Hmm. Um, I would have to say either going to the state house for the Biden event um, where we were upstairs um, waiting outside secretary of state, Bill Gardner's office uh, waiting for Biden to show up. And we were chanting, uh, okay, boomer, uh, for example, we were, um, we were telling that uh, the the crowd there to, uh, if they have weed to light it up, um, of course, they did not. They were very agitated the entire time, not relaxed at all, not enjoying us. Um, but we had a good time. That's funny. So, and uh, that was the same time that you guys came up with the uh, impeach Biden or something like that. They would chant, and then you would say something. Tell what, what was that the same yeah, time? Yeah, they were they were saying um, they were doing some sort of silly impeachment chant and we would, uh, since we had megaphones and they didn't, uh, we would insert essentially whatever they, whatever we wanted, uh, into their chant. And it would sound like, uh, they were in fact going along with our chant, uh, cause we were just so much louder than they were. And so they were, cause it started with, they would say, when I say president, you say Biden and they'd say president Biden. You're right. Yeah. And, and then, then you guys would say impeach, I guess. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That is hilarious. I, I was trying to find video of it, and I could only find the video where you can hear it, as opposed to like actually like where you can see a, the, you guys doing it. But um, so that that's really really funny. Um, tell us what's another. What are some other hijinks that you've gotten into with Berman? Well, of course, after that portion of that event, we were outside um, as we were being walked off commons of the. At the time, uh, previ- our, uh, one of our previous governors, uh, Governor Lynch, was speaking. Uh, you can hear me over him, um, not behind him, but over him. Um, and uh, it was just generally a very uh, disruptive uh, day for us. And then uh, later on, we did something extremely similar with uh, the Elizabeth Warren campaign when they came to town to file for the primary. Um, we were upstairs uh, standing right at the door. Um, we had a number of uh, uh, interactions with the state police where the Elizabeth Warren people were trying to kick us out. Of course, they had no uh, legal authority to do so. Right. Uh, the secretary of state tried to kick us out and the State police essentially told him that what he was asking uh, asking them to do was not lawful um, because we have just as much of a right to be there as any other campaign. Right. Um, and and 
you know, um, as, as we were leaving, uh, we were first in line for the selfie line with Elizabeth Warren. Um, she sends out, she sends out a state trooper to tell us that, uh, excuse me, sir, uh, Senator Warren will not take a selfie with you. Um, <laughs> so we, we have a pretty good, uh, lay of the place there in, uh, the state house. So we went to one of the entrances where we, or the exits rather, where we figured she would be leaving. And of course she did make the mistake of going through the same exit that we were waiting at. Uh, so we essentially chased her out of the state of New Hampshire while asking her if she believed in the interstate roller coaster system or the weather domes. Um, we did not get an answer of course. And as she sped away, I said through my megaphone, Senator Warren, what are you afraid of? Um, and that was that. What, what is the interstate roller coaster system? The interstate roller coaster system is a public works project that was introduced, uh, of course, by the Supreme Administration uh, in another timeline. Um, and it is essentially a transportation system that utilizes uh, roller coasters. Wow. Okay. Um, uh, in the comments, uh, Desiree Lindsay also says you okay boomered her uncle. Um, oh, I did. Uh, indeed. Um, her uncle was outside the Biden event. Um, he came over to us and he was respectful at first, but then he was saying um, a whole bunch of untrue things about things Vermin had supposedly done at a uh, Hillary Clinton event in 2016 or 2017 okay. um, after the election. And um, of course, like I said, none of it's true. Um, and he was saying essentially that he used to like Vermin, but then he heard he did that. And, um, you know, he just lost all respect for him. Uh, and as soon as he stopped talking, I turned around, I picked up my megaphone again, and I just said one final OK Boomer. <laughs> so he liked Vermin until he did something that he didn't actually do. Right. OK Boomer. Um, that's, that is <laughs> funny. Um, now, okay, so you're the chief political strategist of the Vermin Supreme ticket. What does that mean exactly? What What are the types of things that you're doing uh, to uh, to to for the Vermin for the I guess well now the Vermin Spike ticket for the Vermin Spike 2020 ticket? What What are your roles and what what's the kind of stuff that you do? Well, an overarching theme of my time on the campaign has been uh, figuring out people um, who would make a good fit in some of the vacant roles that we had had. Um, we had a media coordinator. We had a new media coordinator. Um, uh, we had uh, newsletter writers um, and so on and so forth that we needed uh, to, we needed um, people to fill those roles. Right. And um, I came up with the staffing essentially. Um, and again, not a solo effort. Desiree Lindsay has been, 100% the mastermind behind uh, everything that happened, um, you know, and of course the final uh, arbiter of the decision making. But essentially, my role now is from a grand planning uh, point of view, um, assisting in making decisions um, where to be, what to say, um, how to convey our message in debates, um, and of course, um, just from a, a strategic point of view. Um, how to run the campaign. And so, of course, one of the smartest, as chief strategist, one of, one of the smartest political choices that Vermin and the team have made, that anyone has ever made, really, was to pick me as Vermin's running mate. 
And I am, of course, honored. Now, scale of one to 10, how much do you regret that decision? 11. I can tell. I can tell that you, I can, I can feel your, 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 your recalcitrance at this whole thing. Uh, so talk, talk to me about what were some of the reasons that Vermin and the team that, you know, thought that I would be a good running mate and, and how wrong was that? Well, essentially what I looked at was you, you guys had a great chemistry, um, on his appearance on your show. Um, I saw that, uh, Desiree saw that, um, and I, you know, we were talking about potential running mates. I was looking at other candidates um, and currently seeking the nomination. Um, and we were looking for a way that uh, to balance the ticket. Um, so we, first of all, we wanted to go with someone a little bit more right leaning. Um, we right. wanted to go with someone who um, was not based entirely in the realm of satire like Berman was. Um, and we wanted someone who um, essentially who, understood what we were trying to do right. uh, i suggested you um desiree molded over um the you know the conversation eventually you know took place with vermin um he wanted to speak to you you guys hit it off really well again um and you know he couldn't be happier with our pick either um you know and it's just been totally um fantastic ever since then yeah i think we dovetail well together in a lot of different ways he's in the north i'm in the south uh, he's more, like you said, more on the on the left side of the libertarian spectrum. I'm more on the right side, which this has been instructive in how little difference there is between the left and right. Let me get into a little bit of a rant on that. Uh, uh, there's so little difference between the left and right on the libertarian spectrum because we're not trying to actually coerce anyone. We're essentially arguing over personal preferences on what we would like our voluntary community to look like. That's a completely different argument from authoritarians on the left and on the right. Uh, I'm doing that so that it's your left and right. Uh, on the left and on the right who are arguing over who's going to force whom to do what. And that's a completely different argument. Once, you're, once you remove that coercion and you allow people to make their own voluntary choices, now you're just kind of debating how things might look best. And we can figure that out once we get there. But, it, but I have much more uh, alliance with a left libertarian. Uh, than, for example, a Republican who may agree with me on some things, not a lot, but on some things about taxes or regulations or whatever, but then they also want to impose a lot of things on me and everyone else and themselves that A, I'm not okay with, and B, I wouldn't want any, to be imposed on anyone. So, uh, But we, we, we balance out that whole unity ticket. Uh, we're in different parts of the country. Um, I said recently, he's kind of the 80% satire, 20% seriousness candidate. I'm more of the 80% seriousness, 20% satire candidate. And it all just sort of dovetails well. Would you say, if anything, it's almost more like it It, it seems to intuitively make more sense as it goes along, right? Yeah, of course. And I mean, again, um, I, it really, I don't know how many times I've had people say to me that I that they don't understand what kind of libertarian I am. And I say, well... I, I would consider myself an anarchist and they say, well, are you an ANCAP or are you, are, are you um, more of a uh, left-leaning uh, anarchist? And the answer to that always is, well, it doesn't really matter unless I'm going to try to force you to live the way I am. Right, and exactly. That's the, that's the very basis of this ticket. You don't have to agree on everything to get along well and want to implement the same exact goal, which is a voluntary society. Right. Um, so that essentially is where the whole idea of having a left-leaning uh, top of the ticket and a right-leaning uh, bottom of the ticket, um, you know, type of uh, campaign 
uh, came from. Yeah, and it has, to me anyway, it has worked out. It has worked out pretty well. To that end, um, were you at NECC with Vermin? I was. Okay, so for those who don't know, uh, and this is a perfect example of why we think Vermin's the best choice for this ticket. Uh, the New England College Convention, uh, convention or conference? Convention. Okay, New England College Convention. They have it every four years for the uh, for the uh, presidential candidates. Trump spoke there in 2016. This year they had what? Tulsi Gabbard, Tom Steyer. What other candidates did they have there? Um, I'm not exactly sure, but they had a number of other candidates. Um, you know, big name candidates, big name in the um, the currently, I suppose, most watched um, primary system, the Democratic ticket. Right. Um, and uh, and. Other than that, though, the only third-party candidate that they that they invited this year, and I believe that they've ever invited, ever. Uh, is yeah. Vermin Supreme. Yeah. So not only was the uh, I looked this up, not only was he the only Libertarian candidate that's ever been invited to this to speak along other big-name candidates, he's the only third-party candidate that has ever been invited to this, and he had the crowd eating out of his hands. Tell us about that, Richard. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he went up and he did his um, his, his normal uh, comedy set, um, starting with uh, a performance of the national anthem uh, played on the megaphone. Um, he talked a little bit about his plans for the pony-based economy. He talked right. about um, some of the other more satirical uh, positions that his campaign has historically taken. Um, and then someone asked him if the boot came off and uh, he, he he did this little act where he grabbed onto the boot and he twisted it around while he was kind of screaming. Yeah. He yanked it off and he goes and he goes, ah, where am I? <laughs> and then he started talking <laughs> about the more serious, the right. more serious libertarian side of his, of, of his uh, campaign, and uh, the crowd loved both sides of it, of course. From what I could see, people were walking back into the conference to see what the hell was going on because it was. You know, what on earth is it? He, he had people chant the alphabet and then he yep. led them on a nonsensical, uh, what do we want? When do we want it? What are we going to do when we get it? Right. Do we have a, a long term plan for this now that we have it? Like, like that. And, and then, and then, <laughs> and, uh, and then he, he led them in the uh, uh, he, uh, singing of an anthem that he came up with on the spot. Yep. So he's doing all this silly stuff to get people's attention. He has people that have been. You know, their eyes are glazed over from hearing candidates talk about the same thing over and over again. And they're now coming back in. They're re-energized. They're recharged. He's captured their imagination. They're, they finding, find the whole thing hilarious. And then he starts talking to them about libertarianism, about the libertarian message, about the libertarian party, the libertarian platform. Um, if he had just walked, well, first of all, if he hadn't come with that shtick, he wouldn't have been invited in the first place. But, you know, now that he's actually, you know, He's, he's A, he's been invited, and B, he got their attention. If he had just come in, you know, straight-laced, they would have given him, you know, some attention or whatever and probably tuned most of it out. He had the meeting out of the palm of his hand. And that's sort of what happens everywhere he goes, right? Of course. And, you know, I think, of course, Tom Steyer did speak after Vermin. Um, but from what the the um, young lady sitting at the registration table told me, the only reason that people had stayed was uh, that Roman Supreme was going to be speaking. Yeah, um, they did not. They did not stay uh, stay for uh, Tom Steyer. Um, the uh, many of them who were there for Vermin left after Vermin spoke, and um, from there, 
of course I said, well, it sounds to me like Berman's at the end of the event. The goal of putting him at the end was to get people to stay another day. Um, that makes him the keynote speaker. And she said, well, that sounds right to me. And I, to me, you know, I, I would just say that my narrative absolutely would be in the spin room that Vermin Supreme was the uh, the keynote speaker at the New England College Convention because of his uh, because of his comedy routine just, and because of the the sheer amount of attention he got. And that's this is a perfect example when people go, okay, yeah, but he's funny. But now what? Now what is people are paying attention? When was the last time you heard of of, of a libertarian candidate get invited to? be the most popular speaker at a big name event. And by the way, credit to Tom Steyer, Steyer, however you say that, you know, you, you, you gave Liz Warren, you know, you talked about how she didn't even want to be anywhere near Vermin. Tom seemed to eat it up. He was enjoying it, right? Like he was really digging talking with Vermin and having him, right? Totally. He, 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 yeah, he played our game not once, not twice, not three times, but four times. Yeah. Once on his way in, once, when, once he uh, left the actual uh, room that he gave his speech in, Another time, as he was walking away, um, he, you know, he, he interacted with Vermin again. Yeah. And then uh, the fourth time on the way out, Vermin stopped him and said, wait a minute, I want to present you with a glitter tie, which Tom Steyer graciously accepted. That's awesome. Yeah. I, you either get the joke or you look like a moron. Like, you know, it, it, it's it, if, it, if you're going to get, you know, uh, uh, uptight at someone having a fun time and being, you know, he's not hurting anyone. He's just having a fun time. If as a candidate you can't feed into that, you're gonna have a bad time on the campaign trail. So um, I'll go through oh, yeah. some of the- and, and I would I would also add that Tom Steyer did not get the joke. He but he still was very gracious about the whole situation. He he did not understand what was <laughs> happening. He didn't know who Vermin Supreme was. Uh, he had never heard of any of these jokes before. Vermin asked him if right. he would go back in time and kill baby Hitler with him. Uh, Tom Steyer just laughed and said, uh, you know, it's nice to meet you. Um, but no, it, there was there was there was not a single uh, glimmer of recognition in his eyes, on his face or anything like that. He was totally lost, but, he, you know, he was still able to enjoy the moment. He, he, he rolled with it at least. OK, well, good enough. Yes. Fair enough. So let's go through some of these um, through some of these comments. We've got um, uh, Tyler Smith says every time you say, OK, Boomer, my Google voice goes off the uh the nsa is very interested in this interview uh jc cook says hey you two handsome bastards hey back at you uh he also says richard manzo's beard makes my beard look like a sad clown that's true um oh he oh this is a good question he said did you guys mean to match shirts or is that just a sexy accident did you know what i was gonna wear no i it was a hundred percent a sexy accident it's going well it looks really good where this is a sexy this is a very like viscerally sexy moment happening right now. Um, Desiree uh, Lindsay says yin and yang, uh, which I, I agree. Um, uh, JC says he reaches a valuable voting block. Young people, I know it's crazy that young people can vote. Absolutely. So young people and politically unaffiliated people who also happen to be the two groups most likely to consider voting third party. Tell us about that, Richard. Well, again, I mean, I'm 21 years old. I joined the Libertarian Party because I was not satisfied with the options that the Republicans and the Democrats were giving me. Um, and But my, my story is not typical. Uh, many young people start off as Democrats um, and eventually become dissatisfied with the Democrats. And uh, they're more left-leaning, but they end up being attracted by these more leftist authoritarian types, such as right. you know, Bernie Sanders. And... Um, 
you know, the goal of the Vermin Supreme campaign, much like Ron Paul turned right-leaning young people into, li- into right-leaning libertarians, right. Vermin Supreme can turn left-leaning young people into left libertarians as opposed yeah. to tankies, you know, whatever else you might want to call them. Or Democrat, so democratic socialists, or, you know, even if they don't go to the full extreme of becoming authoritarian communists, Bernie right. bros, AOC supporters, all, all of this stuff. It's important that... Right now, the narrative is against what's considered the right, whatever that is. And, and we can thank Trump for that. We can thank a lot of things for that. Young people right now are leaning to the left. And if we don't approach them from that standpoint, if someone talks to us and says, for example, you know, I think healthcare is a human right. And I think it's terrible that people are suffering. And our response to that is to go, you don't understand rights. Healthcare is not a right. You moron, you libtard. You know, you know, here's what right, negative rights, only negative rights. We, we know these things on an on a intellectual level, but that's not how you come at someone who's talking to you that way. You talk to them about why the system doesn't work. You talk, well, first of all, if, if they're not interested in what you have to say, you may have to use humor to get to them. But if they want to have a serious conversation, you have to reach them from where they are. And that means approaching empathetically to someone from the left and explaining the reason that the insurance companies are the way they are and the reason that the healthcare providers are the way they are is precisely because they have the protection and, 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 and you know, subsidization and taxing of the state that is imposing them as the only as the only way that you can get health care. And then and then going extrapolating out to what the libertarian solution is to that, to, to open up the markets to free people to make more choices to, re- to remove the barriers that allow more competitors to come in and so on and so forth. And you can have that conversation and instead of calling them a lib- libtard and, you know, rights don't, you know, in fact, don't care about your feelings and, and there is no right to health care. That's not how you talk to them. And so vermin coming from a humorous, empathetic and, and left-leaning standpoint, but still a very strong, principled, libertarian, actually anarchist standpoint, uh, is the perfect way to reach young people. So it's a good thing that we're that they're doing that. And then, of course, this weekend is, was was pretty good for us. Uh, so uh, in New Hampshire on Saturday, uh, Vermin won the uh, what did he win? He won the the New Hampshire. Do you guys consider it a primary? I know you call it the presidential poll, but you won the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire at their convention, basically the poll of members of who they wanted to to be their presidential pick. Yeah, um, the the executive committee would call it a primary. Uh, Some people would call it a glorified straw poll. Some people would call it just a preference poll. Um, Regardless of what you call it, um, Berman came out with uh, the only majority of of approval. Uh, We went... We went from round one to round two to uh, then a third approval voting round um, where Vermin uh, ended up taking the majority of the uh, approval votes uh, combined with the first and second round uh, picks, of course. um, And uh, thus he is the pick of the majority of the people who responded to the poll. So he he won that. It's non-binding, but that's the first real true poll of members that wasn't just like an online poll, which we kill all the online polls too. I mean, we win pretty much all the online polls too, so this wasn't a shocker. But he did win that. I won the most write-ins because I I had announced after the, uh, I guess I had announced after the deadline to get on the actual ballot. Yes. So I I won that. And John Phillips Jr., one of my good friends, who was the only one on the ballot, so he won the ballot. But then he dropped out. So of the people that are still thinking of running for vice president, I'm the winner. I will take that as a win. 
Uh, the other thing that happened was in Tennessee, uh, where I gave my uh, landmark speech um, of the uh, to the uh, Libertarian Party of Tennessee. And uh, if you guys want to check that out, uh, go to Muddy Waters Media and look for the uh, Spike Cohen. I'll probably put it in the show notes, actually. Uh, the video of me um, basically blasting Lincoln Chafee to his face about uh, some of the stuff he's been doing wrong with his voting record and why uh, contrasting that with how, how much better of a candidate Vermin was. So it was very cathartic to me, uh, and the audience seemed to like it as well, so be sure to check that out. So we had a good weekend. Um, now... I know I don't have much more time with you, um, but I just want to ask you, what is your message to those who are watching who say, he's wearing a boot, he's talking about ponies, I even get the joke, but my concern is that, for example, how is it going to help, how are down ticket candidates, down ballot candidates going to deal with that messaging if they're more serious and he's more of a, you know, quote unquote, joke candidate. What is the best way, uh, uh, you know, how, how are they going to be able to adjust to that? What is what is your feeling about that? Well, Vermin would argue that it's in the framing, uh, of course, but I would actually say that it's about differentiating between a serious candidate and a legitimate effort. Uh, Vermin is very much making a legitimate effort here. He's campaigned for the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire. He's recruited members. He's grown our membership. Uh, he's campaigning to Libertarians, uh, of course, but he is along the way speaking to the general public. He uses his satirical candidate uh, uh, character, rather, uh, to get his foot in the door with them. Uh, but from there, it is, uh, you know, almost almost all serious once he has his foot in the door. Uh, right. He's making a legitimate um He's making a legitimate offer to use his um, garnered celebrity uh, to reach the um, all-important 5% of the vote. Uh, I believe that he can help many of our down-ticket candidates win. Uh, I don't believe that it is realistic to expect a libertarian presidency uh, in, in 2020. I don't believe that the establishment will allow that to happen. Uh, but I do believe that his, uh, his character can really help our down-ticket candidates. And just to give you a few exam examples, uh, myself, I am an office holder. I back Vermin. Uh, Caleb Dyer, uh, former state rep from New Hampshire, uh, backs Vermin. Um, another budget committee member, Spencer Dias, that I had mentioned before, backs Vermin. Deborah Altman out of out of uh, New York, York City. backs yeah, Vermin. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely, uh, a very a very high level uh, office holder backs Vermin, and uh, that that that's my view on that. Very good. Very good, man. I, you know, you don't have to sell me anymore. I, I definitely was one of the people who did not get, I even got a shtick. I just didn't get how it was going to appeal to, you know, actually an actual elected, you know, elected role and how that would work with down ballot and all of that stuff. So, um, very interesting stuff. So we have some serious, now this is of course, you know, I don't do gotcha answer gotcha questions, but we are an August and serious program here. So we have some serious questions for you. Uh, Clayton Hall wants to know, what is Manzo's um, Waffle House order? Well, unfortunately, in New Hampshire, there aren't um, any Waffle Houses around here. But of course, uh, the, the few times that I've had the pleasure, um, I, you know, one of my favorite is the, uh, the pecan waffle, of course. Nice. Very good. Uh, pineapple uh, pizza. What is your stance on that? Jimmy 
Brittingham, Brittingham asks, what, what, what's uh, pineapple pizza? Where are you on that? Well, I totally believe in the legalization of it. You don't need to consume it. But, uh, you know, if you want to order a pineapple pizza, I believe you should be able to do that. So you don't agree with the decisions of the pineapple pizza community, but you also feel like it's not your business and you don't want to use force against them for, for engaging in, in such, I mean, let's face it, degenerate behavior. Correct. That's fair. No, that's fair. That's a good compromise. Um, and uh, Desiree Lindsay says, we have five elected libertarians on our team, actually six now, I believe, which is, again, a very large number of elected libertarians that are completely on board with this this early on in the process. So I think that speaks very uh, uh, very uh, well to him. Donnie Smith says, I'm on the Kokesh campaign, but I like vermin. Um, so, yeah, no, I, uh, I, 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 think, I think that we have... have um, told vermin uh told vermin story pretty well on this uh before dave uh richard before i let you go i have what's called final my fellow americans where i give you 30 seconds to answer a very important question and your very important question is this what percentage once we get the, the nomination what percentage of the popular vote do you think that we're going to get in the presidential election 30 seconds on the clock good luck well of course you know vermin has said five percent is his target i would argue that we could get you know upwards of 10 12 13 you know 14 at the presidential level uh if we if we really put our minds to it uh and then our down ticket i believe you know we'll see a lot of wins at the local and state level I'm sorry, I got distracted. So what's your final number on the, on the, that you would say we would get? Call it 10%. 10%? Okay, fair enough. I, I, I will say, I, the odds of, of us winning the presidency are infinitesimal for a myriad of reasons. If right. we or anyone else, not just in this election cycle, but ever, are going to win at that kind of level, keeping in mind that in 50 years, the Libertarian Party has never won a statewide or federal election ever. If we are to ever start breaking into that territory, we have to have the general public know our message. And we have to bring in people who aren't already married to the Republicrat left-right rope-a-dope. And so that's going to mean reaching out to people who right now think the entire system is a joke. It's going to mean reaching out to young people who haven't already participated in voting yet, but already can tell that thing's a joke and that it's gamed against them. And you're not going to do that with someone who, at first appearance, is exactly like every other politician out there. Even if what they have to say is radically different, they're going to look, they're going to see, politician, nope, walk the other way. Vermin presents a very interesting way to, to stop that. So, Richard, again, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, before I let you go, I just want to give you a chance to get, give any kind of final thoughts, anything that you felt like we didn't get to talk about, promote your campaign, anything else you want to say, as much time as you want. Richard Manzo, the floor is yours. Well, I would first say that if you are interested, uh, please consider going over to lpnh.org and joining the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire. We do accept out-of-state members. It will help our ballot access drive. Oh. Uh, again, go over to uh, vermansupreme.com. Uh, we'll uh, redirect you over to the campaign website. Uh, make yourself a, a, a little bit of a donation there. Buy some merch. Um, and, you know, again, 
I, I really think that a lot of the concerns of, around uh, nominating him uh, are very, very much unfounded. Um, I do believe that it is a high risk, high reward campaign. I, yep. I acknowledge that very much. Um, but I, I do believe that he will help a lot of our down ticket candidates win. Uh, and again, um, you know, I've seen some people suggest that he might be there to prank us. I know from conversations with him that that is not true. Yeah, uh, he's, no, that's not, not the case. he's not a dishonest person. Uh, he is very much one of the kindest and most intelligent people that I've ever met. And uh, last but not least, I am running a campaign for county treasurer. Mm -hmm. uh, it is very much a legitimate effort. I have a good shot of winning. Uh, I have some name recognition in the largest town in Gosstown, not a city. Uh, there are about uh, 20,000 people here. I have some name recognition here um, due to, of course, being a, an elected official in a uh, very much directly related uh, public trust dealing with the town budget. Uh, please consider going over to uh, politics.raisethemoney.com slash rmanzo, uh, making a donation. And uh, you will, of course, make that um, those efforts possible. Very good. And we have all those uh, links in the show notes. Uh, so so uh, not out-of-state people can join the L LPNH. Is that even if we're members of another state party as well? Yes. Oh, all right. Well, then I'll be doing that. Um, yeah, so that'll help uh, the New Hampshire party with ballot access. So let's all join up for that, even if you're not in New Hampshire. LPNH.org. I will make sure that's in the show notes. Be sure to help uh, Richard's campaign, either by donating or spreading the word about his, his run for uh, county treasurer. Uh, and yeah, I, I can tell you right now, anyone who thinks Vermin is, is joking or pranking us, he has invested way too much of himself in this for this to be a joke. Like, he has put in more on this in terms of his time and resources than pretty much anyone else. So that's this definitely... Be, this would be one of the longest cons ever. <laughs> yeah, it's not... That is not what it is. He's, he's actually a very honest man. When he was running these fake campaigns he was completely out in the open about the fact that they were completely fake campaigns um and, yes. and yet he still came in fourth in new hampshire so you know now with the serious one let's see let's see how we do richard thank you again for for coming on i'd love to have you come on again in the future um stick around with me during the outro i'm going to talk to you uh real quick during that guys thanks again for tuning into my fellow americans uh be sure to check us out this weekend we're going to be dropping all sorts of stuff because we're going to be at the libertarian party of uh, georgia convention which is the whole weekend uh matt wright and i are reunited and doing uh doing stuff in person at uh, lpga or you know, l libertarian party ga it's not the lpga uh but the uh, uh so we'll be doing that this weekend and then tune in next tuesday for the muddy waters of freedom where Matt Wright and I will be parsing through the week's events with the cheer and goodwill of, of the sweet little winter wonder boys that we are. And then tune in next week for a very special episode of My Fellow Americans. You're not going to believe who my guest is, because I don't know who it is. I haven't booked it yet. But it's going to be great, so have a great week. See you this weekend. Uh, Vermin Supreme 2020. Where is it? Vermin Supreme? Is that on this one? We don't have Vermin Supreme 2020. It's a picture of a badger. This is kind of like, so go to vermintspring2020.com. That's a picture of a badger. vermintspring2020.com. Thanks again for tuning in, guys. And God bless you.
my skin, my friend. In reality, you are my kin. Though I view the world through another's iris. If you slide in my kicks, it might fit. We might just unite and come together, become hybrid. At the least, slightly like-minded. Indeed, the life I've lived brings light to kindness. All you need is a sign. Put a cease to the crimes. Put an ease to the minds like mine. Sometimes darkness is all I find. You know what they say about an eye for an eye and a time with the blind be the blind. Who am I to deny? I would cry when a loved one dies. I recognize that body outside with a hole in the body that was alive. Now can find a chalk outline. Find out how, but you never know why. It ain't even make it to the news at night. It ain't even make it to the news at night. That's my sister, mother, father, brother, son. That's one of mine. Hold these tears, I close my eyes. Open up to only find I'm in line. There's a point this mother has it all the time. Your life or mine Caught up in the first design That ain't how it started Nah How were we supposed to survive There's a war going on outside Who would want to raise a child Whom the throne is flashing by Now you have to say goodbye When you watch them on the news and five Don't tell me how Tell me why Thank you.